You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Okay, so I am a guy who likes to work out. It's actually probably my main hobby, if, if you can call working out a hobby. But something I don't like to do and something I don't do is run. And I've never liked to run. It's, it's just not my thing. I, I prefer, I, like, I do a lot of cardio, but not a lot of running. And uh, a number of years ago, I was a part of a gym and had a, a tight-knit kind of family forming there in the gym. And, and uh, I was challenged and encouraged to, to run a 5K because everybody that was part of the group was all running the fi- these 5Ks. And I'm like, I'm not a runner. And like, you don't have to be a runner. You can even walk it if you want to. But I wasn't going to walk it. I was going to run it. So I began to run and try and increase my stamina and running. And, and uh, I had never run a mile before. And the day I decided I was going to run a mile, I was going to build up and run a mile. There was a challenge in a, in, a, in a class I took that day to run a mile that day, a time trial. And so for the first time ever, I ran a mile without stopping or slowing down to a walk. And, and then from then on, I just kind of built up on it. But I'd never run a, a 5K, which is a little over three miles uh, straight running. And so I signed up, I signed up for the 5k, took the 5k and decided I was going to pace myself on somebody who looked like the fitness level that I would, because that's what I was told. Pace yourself because it's, it's like this. Remember this, Steve, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now it's not a marathon. It's a 5k completely different, completely different than a marathon for sure. But the idea was you're here to run for the, for the long haul, not to try and get it over with really fast. And I, cause I'm good at sprinting. I, I'm a sprinter. I, I can sprint. Um, but then I'm, but, but as far as running a long time, not so much. So I tried to pace myself. And so I paced myself and found out the person I was pacing myself on, I had misjudged and was really going faster pace than I could really keep up. So I slowed down somebody else paced myself and, and I got to the end and I had made it, I was grueling and I got to the end of this 5k and the last stretch, the last probably a little over a hundred yards. And there is Amy. Amy was our leader. Amy was the, 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 the kind of the, the manager of the gym. And she was standing there and she said, Steve, you made it now sprint, sprint all the way to the end, sprint to the end, sprint to the end. And so I kicked it in gear and I sprinted to the end and I died when I got there. <laughs> you know, they say that, that life is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Maybe you've heard that phrase before. This is true of a life of faith as well. Following Jesus is a marathon, not a sprint. So, so what do you do <laughs> when you do what we just did here at Awakened Church? We just finished up this series in 1 John. Well, yeah, go to 2 John. That's what we're going to do, obviously. And so today we're in... Second uh, John, which is a sh- very brief letter written by John, the disciple of Jesus, written about, well, sometime in the late 80s or early 90s AD. It's a time when John is probably the last of Jesus' 12 disciples uh, still alive, actually. And so it's addressed to, uh, as we read this, we'll see it's addressed to the chosen lady and her children. So, you know, it, this could be a, a person that he's writing to. But it kind of has the appearance that he's, he's writing to this entire church, probably uh, uh, like a church at Ephesus or one of the areas around that area, which where he was based in. Um, it, you know, regardless of that, let's see what it has for us as we read Second John. This letter is from John, the elder, 
I'm writing to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in the truth and love. How happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and He has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into this world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out what you do. Watch, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from these teachings have no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. Now, if anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink, for I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then your joy will be complete. Greetings from the children of your sister chosen by God. All right, so... The big idea for our time together is this. When we get in a rush with life and our faith, we can miss important things God has planned for us. Okay? When we get in a rush with life and our faith, we can miss important things that God has planned for us. Remember, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And and the important thing is to keep stepping forward. And so we step forward in truth. That's that's like a, a an, an idea. That's a thought that I want to camp out on for just a few minutes. We we have to keep stepping forward in truth. Now, one of the the truth is I I love professional wrestling. <laughs> I have since I was a kid. I, I fell here's how I fell in love with it. When I was around eight years old or so, I saw a TV news story at my papa's house. And on the TV news, they were doing a story about this professional wrestling thing that had happened. This guy named the Junkyard Dog, which what a kind of name, right? That's really kind of a cool name. He had been blinded. This is all storyline, by the way. Uh, I learned later by this group of guys. These three guys called the F- the Fabulous Freebirds. Okay, and 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 I and I wanted to know more. Like they did this news story about how they had thrown this this uh, eye cream or this this powder in his in his face and had blinded him. And I wanted to know more. And I began to watching and I began to watch the the show. Um, you know, and and uh, uh, I kind of got hooked on professional wrestling from that. And and it would be years before I understood the art of deception in professional wrestling. And it would be years before I understood that junkyard dog did this thing where he was blinded so he could take time off from wrestling to be with his wife and and their newborn baby. See, there was a, there's this art of deception taking place here. And as I look back over my life, the difference between truth and deception that now seems obvious didn't always seem so obvious. Have you had a similar experience? Something you believed was true later turns out to be not true at all? And and what about these these half truths we hear about? Is there really such a thing as a half truth? How can something how can something not fully true be true at all? 
And what is truth? That's the ultimate question, right? The question behind the question. Is is the idea that this might be true for you, but it's not true for me actually true? I mean, is all truth subjective? I had a friend, uh, actually a coworker, who was actually the manager of a, of a uh, retail establishment I worked at, and I was one of the assistant managers. His name was TJ, and I, and I, you know, I I love TJ. Uh, we had conversations. He wanted to debate. He wanted to argue. I just wanted to have a conversation. And uh, and uh, <laughs> and if you know me, you know I'm not into debating and arguing. But he was. And he was adamant about he, he was he was a, a, a an avowed atheist, and he was adamant about wanting to debate logical explanations and theories about why uh, Christianity was false and why there is no God. And and there was like there was, and he was like all truth is subjective. There is no moral absolute. And then one day there was a shop we call it a, a a young man shoplifting. And uh, he had to call. He was a minor. Had to call the police. And the police had to call his parents. And we sat in this this back room, uh, waiting for the police to come. And TJ was asking this this young man. He's like, "Why are you doing this? Don't you know it's wrong? You can't just you 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 don't just take things. You don't just take things that aren't yours." <laughs> Now TJ is someone who had said to who had said to me in the in the past, just because you know you might see the red light as is red, but I can say it's blue or I can say it's orange. It's like it's it's all truth and subjective. And I'm like, well, you know, if you don't stop at the red light, you are going to get a ticket. If you if you don't go when the green light comes on, then you're going to uphold traffic. You call it whatever you want to, but the truth is not subjective. The truth is you have to stop at a, uh, uh, you have to stop at the light when it's when it's red, and you have to go when it's green, or else there are consequences. And he would debate about it on and on about how this is a moral thing. But he's here telling this young man how morally wrong it is to shoplift. And when the young man left, I said, "TJ, you do realize you." You're just like going against everything you've ever said. And he said, yeah, I know. I don't really believe that. <laughs> See, we need to step forward in truth. Now, I love verse 4 in Second John. He says, how happy I was to meet some of your children and find them walking in truth. There's, there's hardly a greater feeling than, than seeing those that you've invested in, those you've discipled as you journey together, walking in truth. I love that. And he says, I see you guys. And I and I do too. I, I see you guys awake in church doing things that that fill me with joy and and hope as you take steps forward, walking in truth. And and a lot of people have come through awake in church in the few short years we've been doing this. And from time to time, I'll get a message from one of them about a situation or a question that they're wrestling with, and and it excites me to see that they are seeking to keep walking in truth. Actually, walking in truth has a is was a big issue for John and for the early church. See, there was this group called the Gnostics, and we've talked about this uh, in in our series going through First John. Um, they, the Gnostics believed that that only invisible spiritual things were holy, and that all things of physical were actually in their nature were evil, and so they called they called themselves Christians. Because they, they had this this following of, of Jesus, and they said that they believed in the way of Jesus, but they denied that Jesus could possibly be God incarnate. Incarnate means in the flesh. They, 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 they denied that. They said that to them, Jesus was, was either not God incarnate, or else he was like a, the spirit being that only appeared to have a human body. And, and so, not, and Gnostic literally means uh, knowledge. 
And so they, they, they claimed to have a fullness of secret knowledge that was revealed to them. And they would come in and they would teach it to you if you paid them well. And John reminds us to go back to his gospel. John 1 says, The word was first, the word present to God, God, pres- God present to the word, and the word was God. And in verse 14, he said, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John says, Jesus is God. He's the word of God in the flesh. Now, at the same time, there was this other group uh, in the church called Judaizers. And the Judaizers, they, they called themselves Christians as well as did the Gnostics and as well did those who were neither Gnostic nor Judaizers. And, and, and they, they believed in the way of Jesus. And they, they, but they added something to this, that adhering to all of the Hebrew traditions was mandatory or you weren't truly a follower of Jesus. And if we go back and, and, and take a look at uh, a letter written in Acts 15, you can see that this was an issue that was being addressed by the leaders of the church. In Acts 15, verse 28, it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you, as they write this letter to these churches dealing with this, not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. The Judaizers are saying you have to adhere to all of the Hebrew traditions. And here they're saying... It, it, it's uh, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements: abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well avoid these things. Farewell. So it's like here's here was the the idea these the, the these this one group was saying here's this secret knowledge we have about Jesus and about following him. And we will share it with you if you pay us well. Here's this other group that's in the midst of this this uh, this context of this culture, and they're teaching that you have to keep this, 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 this rule, this rule, this rule, all these things that we've traditionally kept for all this time. And here we find that the, the leadership are saying, look, that you don't have, that, that's not what it's all about. Here's a couple of things. Do these things. This is what's best. But love each other. So second, John addresses the danger that only some of the people were walking in truth. One of John's reasons for writing this letter seems to be correcting the the loose attitude uh, to obedience of the truth. He says, verse 9, Anyone who wanders away from the truth about Jesus has no relationship with God. But anyone who walks in the truth of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. See, we want to have and grow in that relationship. This isn't about those seeking or about those with doubts or about skeptics or unbelievers. Wherever you are on the matters of faith and who Jesus is, we welcome you. And we want you to know that, that you belong here. And I'll say this. We, be, we believe that the, because this is our experience. The longer you belong, the stronger your belief in Jesus will grow. And as you believe... You will be changed. John John is talking about those who would enter into the fellowship of believers who would bring discord, disunity, deception. So the, the question is not, are you Church of God, Church of Christ, Assembly of God, Lutheran, Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Charismatic, Dogmatic, Non-Dominational, Interdenominational, or a movement? The question is, is Jesus the Son of God and the Savior of the world? What does this mean for us in practical daily living as a follower of Jesus? I'm gonna give here, I'm gonna give you three quick results to walking in truth, and we'll go on to another another idea. Walking in truth results in confidence 
and who Jesus is and what he can do in my life? If I need, do you need truth? Do you, I mean, do you need confidence in who Jesus is? Do you need confidence to walk in what he can do for your life, in your life? Then you need to be walking in truth. Walking in truth results in resistance to the deceptive voices from without and within. Because we not only have folks in our lives that were like, like they had the Gnostics and the Judaizers who were deceptive voices. We have, we have deceptive voices in our culture as well. We even have, like, like it says here, even within our own selves, we can have deceptive voices that we need to resist. And walking in truth brings us resistance to those deceptive voices. And walking in truth results in boldness to live out the love of Christ to those around me. Not boldness uh, that's an in-your-face, I'm right, you're wrong, change my mind, fight me kind of boldness. Boldness to live out the love of Christ to those around me. Because it's taking more and more, as, as, as we live in this culture, more and more it's taking boldness to actually live out the love of Christ to everyone around us. So step forward in truth and step forward in love. Let's let's think let, let's think and talk about this for a minute. Step forward in love. Cuz we hear love God and love people a lot, right? I mean that's that's kind of the code words in the church. Um, you hear them a lot around a rake in church. And, and and if you ever wonder why that is, <laughs> I just invite you to read the Bible. Why do you keep talking about love God, love people? Well, read your Bible. I invite you to read your Bible. Jesus himself says that everything else in the scriptures rests on these two things, your love for God and your love for people now in second john in verse 5 we read i'm 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 writing to remind you that we should love one another this is not a new commandment but one we've had from the beginning so here we find a continuing theme from from the letter first john again love is forever partnered with truth the god who calls us to believe also calls us to love the god who calls us to believe calls us to love this, this love does not begin with our emotions as much as it does with our choices. The question is not whether we know it, but do we do it? That's the question. It's not, do you know it? It's, do you do it? Verse 6, love means doing what God has commanded us. Walking in love and walking in truth are inseparable priorities if we are to live God's way. And we may say, amen to that. Oh, Amen. But how often do we feel we, we continually struggle along the path of obedience to truth and the love that we are to walk in and live out? How do you strengthen your walk of love with God? We all need to have a stronger walk. I, I, have, I have no, uh, no doubts about it. I myself, I, I, I want to have a stronger walk of, of love with God. First of all, you go to Scripture, okay? You go to Scripture. Immerse ourselves in all we find of God's being and God's character and especially His great love for us. We find this in Scripture. We can strengthen your walk of love by, by walking in Scripture. And also, <laughs> if you want to really walk, have a stronger walk of love with God, you go to the crucifixion and the resurrection where God showed his great love for us most clearly. And remember that Jesus loves me, and he, <coughs> and he gave his life for me. This is not about you know Easter Sundays once a year. It's about like we talk about at Awakened Church. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. Every day we live in the reality of the resurrection. So how do we walk, strengthen our walk of love with God? We go to 
again and again, the crucifixion and the resurrection. Here's, here's why this was an issue for John's original audience with this letter. How do you walk in truth and walk in love when it comes to these false teachers claiming to be Christians? But they sow seeds of discord and deception. See, the early Christians were, were known for their hospitality. And, and, and here were the, these traveling preachers with this Gnostic message. They're, and, they're, and their group was multiplying in numbers. This was becoming popular, it seems. Uh, um, and John focuses on the content of the message. Again, this is not about welcoming non-Christians into the gathering of the church, but, uh, but about allowing someone to teach a false message about Jesus. Now, if we had an open mic and offered... To these, these false teachers, it does not show love to the rest of the congregation because it exposes them to deceptive teaches, teaching. It wouldn't show love to the false teacher either because it only strengthens him in his deception. And above all, it doesn't show love to God because it encourages the spread of a message which is actually destructive to the truth of Jesus. See, there's nothing loving about giving an open mic to a false teacher. One of the greatest acts of love and scripture teaches us is to correct error with truth in love that's it how how can you really show love you 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 correct the error with truth but in love and john wraps up this letter by saying i have much more to say to you but i don't want to do it with paper and ink i i hope to visit you soon and talk face to face then our joy will be complete so, so some scholars have suggested that john was running out of room on the sheet of papyrus he was writing on so he just cut the, the letter short. I believe there was a visit that, that he really wanted to happen. And, and he, was like, he was really looking forward to a visit. And he's like, I'm not going to keep writing. I'm just going to come see you. So whether it's teaching, correcting, or encouraging, walking in love together is best in person. And we've been through a year where being in person in some ways has just been impossible. And I think one of the things that, that I've discovered Walking in love together, it's best in person. We all have much to learn from one another and, and from other Christians who are seeking to walk in the same truth and the same love as we do. And the more we walk together in truth and love, the more the world will see and believe in the one who sent us. So when we get in a rush to do this, when we get in a, in a rush with life and faith, we can miss important things that God has planned for us. Remember, <clears throat> a life of faith is a marathon, not a sprint. And the, the, the important thing is to keep stepping forward. Keep stepping forward in truth and keep stepping forward in love. So, next step. Pray about any area of your life where you need to take steps forward in truth and love. That's simple. That's simple. Take this next step. Take it right now and say and, and, and ask God in prayer. And you'll, you could do that when this is when we're done here and just take your time and let and just spend some time with God alone. Pray about any area of your life where you need to take steps forward in truth and in love. Hey, God, we love you. Thank you so much for this day. I want to thank you for the opportunity we have to come together, to worship you, to, to dig into this ancient letter, this scripture, Lord, where you are actually speaking uh, into our lives. You're breathing truth and love into our lives. Lord, you are guiding us to walk in a path, on a path that is a, the path of truth and love. And so, Holy Spirit of God, lead us forward in this. Take us now to uh, uh, dig intimately into our, our own lives and look at our own hearts and our own minds, our own actions, our own relationships. And Lord, see where we need to ask you to help us to be diligent in walking the path of truth 
and the path of love that you have set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.